Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason. We get together every week and discuss issues impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. That's right. It's the Business of Agriculture. So glad you're joining me here. Uh, I do got to confess, because I have been for 120 episodes, I think we're up to now, 116 maybe, uh, stating that we get together every week and discuss issues involved with and impacting the business of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. Well, I'm not lying. I just must be must be honest. I took a little time off over the holidays. That's right. I took a little time off because I was busy humping the road, traveling, and I got home December 23rd. Um, then, uh, you know, the, the people that helped me uh, get these things produced, they were off. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to take some time off. So I spent some time thinking. That is very important for us all to do. I don't know if you're a farm person, if you sell seed, if you're in the equipment business, if you are in food processing, whatever you might do amongst this wonderful industry that we call agriculture, I know that you probably work hard. I know you probably also had a little slower time during the holidays because, let's face it, if you run your own business like I do, hell, you can't get anybody to return a call or return an email for about uh, five to seven days there. That's okay. I've gotten better about this, and I hope you have too, or I spend a little more time being thoughtful. Yeah, think about stuff. I'd like to say I read. The truth is I don't read as much as I should during that time. I just play with my dogs, talk to my wife, sit and look at the Christmas tree, maybe watch a Christmas movie, and I do some thinking and I do some projects. And while I'm doing projects, whether it's cleaning the windows or working in my cactus garden or cleaning up the farm as I used to do when I still lived full-time at my farm, I do a lot of thinking. And I take a look at articles, I take a look at what's going on, and I think about it for my business. And I'm going to share with you my thoughts now as we kick off this first full week of January. And it doesn't matter when you're listening. If you're listening to this podcast in June, it makes no difference. The topic is still the topic. But I like to look at the year ahead. And as I'm recording this, it's the very beginning of January. And we're looking at, uh, we're going to release this here the first full working week of January, if you will, meaning when everybody gets back to the office and back to work, which I don't know. I mean, I, I'm self-employed. I work a little bit every day and some days a lot more than a little bit. But um, here's what I'm thinking when I look at the year ahead. I think in the business of agriculture, there's going to be a defining moment. And in, in my book, Food Fear, I talk about food feuds forever. Uh, and if you haven't picked up my book, yes, this is a shameless pitch, but that's all right. It's the only sponsorship you're going to have in this episode. It's me pitching me. Of course, I do speeches at corporate events. If you have an event planned in 2020, I would love for you to give me a call and uh, bring me to your event. But uh, I also wrote a new book that just came out in December last month, and it's called Food Fear, How Fear is Ruining Your Dinner and why you should celebrate eating. It's all about the business of food and agriculture. It's honesty. It's truth. Uh, it's straight talk. And it's got some commentary and opinion, but it's also got a tremendous amount of well-researched data. There are going to be people that flip their shit. They're absolutely going to flip their shit. They're not going to like this book because it goes against everything they believe. Remember, food has become an almost religious, uh, religious belief for some people. And that brings me to a few that I see intensifying in the year 2020. It was just announced uh, this week that on the Golden Globe Awards, which are to air June, January 5th in the evening, 
the whole show is going to be totally vegan. The Hollywood, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press Committee that puts on the Golden Globes has decided that it's going to be 100% vegan. All of the all of the buffets where the celebrities and the attendees of the award show eat are going to be filled with a vegetarian uh, uh, fare. Uh, the main dish is going to be king oyster mushroom scallops with mild, wild mushroom risotto and roasted Brussels sprouts. Uh, foodies are really into Brussels sprouts now, as you probably know, which is good. I talk about trends a lot. Brussels sprouts have been the trend. They've been up in consumption and uh, for about the last five years. Uh, kale's actually slowed down a little bit. Brussels sprouts are holding very well. Spinach is back on the radar. Cauliflower still is hot. And uh, there you have it, some trends in vegetables. Here's the thing. Uh, those scallops that they have are not real scallops. So how they're made, I'm not exactly sure, but they're apparently vegan scallops. So I don't know what that means they're made of. Uh, if it's anything like uh, plant-based burgers, that means it's going to have uh, some pea, some pea protein, some soybean, uh, and, some, and about a, a list of about 14 ingredients, which would uh, which would actually scare me more than any uh, actual meat consumption. But then again, I'm a meat eater. What do I know? Where I see this whole thing moving forward. I think that this meat thing is actually just now uh, really starting to take off. And I'm going to give you a little history because remember, I'm a, I'm a paid observer. This is what I do. And when I deliver my presentations to agricultural and food, food groups, I can always cite the data. But we started seeing this in 2019 intensify. And uh, this, notably, it came out of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the newly elected congresswoman from, uh, from Queens, who... Uh, New York, who said um, that in a televised town hall on MSNBC, she she uh, and then also she was on a radio show in the Northeast where she talked about maybe it's time we just don't need to be eating a cheeseburger for breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, like because it's bad for the environment. And then she talked on her MSNBC televised, uh, nationally televised event, which was in, I believe, March of 2019, that. We need to do something about these factory farms. We need to do something about these factory farms where they feed these cows like cow grain. I'm quoting her, by the way. She said the word cow grain because of the cow farts, which actually, if there's any methane issue, it's because of cow burps and digestion. It's not only because of the farts, but that's okay. I wouldn't expect Senator Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to know this. The main thing I'm telling you is this was something a lot of people laughed off, but I didn't. The reason I didn't is because she is an absolute avowed socialist. Avowed socialists want their way. They are willing to use, and what has been done before. I mean, you can go from uh, you can go from Fidel Castro to uh, what's happening in Venezuela. People that are very in love with a powerful central government, the kind of central government that can, in fact, dictate diets. You see what I'm talking about here? I'm not talking about oh, you disagree with her politically. I'm talking about a person who believes the government needs more power to control personal choice, even about what they are allowed to eat. I see this meat thing getting way worse in the year 2020. So that's kind of where I, I spent a lot of time thinking through this and reading some articles. And it's really interesting because uh, also it just kicked up here. 60 Minutes is going to air an episode on the very evening that the 
Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Committee uh, hosts the Golden Globes that are fully vegan now. And the 60 Minutes program is going to be about uh, the dangers in the pork industry. According to what I'm seeing online so far, before they absolutely tip their hand, they're just teasing. They want to scare the bejesus out of America and convince the world, uh, or at least the American viewing public, that if you eat pork, you're probably going to die of salmonella. This is how the media works. The media gets clicks, eyeballs, viewers, listeners, subscribers, readers, if they can give you a salacious story, fear is a base level human instinct. It's what kept us from being eaten by the saber toothed tigers, which is why I called my book Food Fear, because those who want to weaponize, politicize, and even bastardize your dinner, or in our case, in agriculture, what we are allowed to produce based on what we're allowed to sell, based on what consumers are allowed to eat, becomes a very political issue. Food has always been political. Usually it was about supply. We used to keep people hungry if we were dictators or kings, because if we, our pe- if we kept our people hungry, they would look to us for the solution. Hungry people that are starving, malnourished, are very easy to control. Of course, they riot, but eventually you just keep them so hungry that they can't riot. And then when you feed them, you're the savior. Well, that's how food control used to work. And as you've probably heard me talk about, because I cover this a lot, food control now is about choice. Alexander Ocasio-Cortez is just one example. The mayor of New York City, Mayor de Blasio, instituted Meatless Mondays in April of 2019. See where this is going? That's why I think that the meat thing is going to be our biggest new thing that's happened. And you can say, oh, there's always been vegetarians. Absolutely, there have been. There's always been vegans. Well, yeah, they're not very populist. You know, the truth is, a decade ago, I did research. And back then, the research I found, which was pretty well-founded, I did a presentation for the U.S. Meat Export Federation. The research a decade or so ago said that about 2% of the population was vegetarian. And then within that, or maybe in addition to that, another like half percent were vegan. Now we have 5 to 8% of the populace claiming to be vegetarian and vegan. Now, are we to believe that vegetarianism and veganism has doubled or tripled or quadrupled? I think not. I think this is a real pure example of uh, societal pressure exerting itself on especially impressionable types or those that want to be seen as morally more righteous than you and I. You see, if my friends are vegetarian because they say it's better for the earth and I really like to eat steak, I've got to pretend I'm a vegetarian also or I lose my friends. So that's what I think we have going on right here. So the reason I'm to bring this all up is because I think this is going to be probably the biggest flashpoint, the thing that's going to almost just, you're going to say, ah, Damien, this has been going on for a while. You know, we just had Beyond Meat and the Impossible Burger. Yeah, that was launched in 2019. Both of those products really came to market just last year. The Impossible Burger is now available at Burger King. Even in my hometown, factory and farm town, Huntington, Indiana, has the Impossible Burger out on the marquee in front of the Burger King. Doesn't anywhere close to sell as many as the Whopper. That's okay. And you're saying, well, we've had this for a while. So why do you think this is a big deal now? Because in 2020, it's going to get a fever pitch. And it starts with the Golden Globes. And it continues with the 60 Minutes episode. And it continues with the story I just read about vegan bashing. (laughs) Vegan bashing being now uh, uh, a crime in England where they say that vegans should be a protected class. You see where this is going? A small, small minority. It's not 8% or 10%. It's a couple percent. 
of our populace is now pushing an agenda, and they're doing it through guilt, through regulatory means, and through environmental appeal. You see, the whole reason for the Meatless Monday is because Bill de Blasio thinks that he should be in charge of what a million school kids eat in New York City. He has to Meatless Monday with the complicit 43 people in the New York City uh, uh, Council that agreed with him. And they decided that the kids didn't need to be eating meat because it's better for the environment and better for their health. Now, health arguments are probably the wrongest angle to take, but they do that anyhow. You know, we've been wrong before. Michelle Obama got rid of whole milk in schools. It's been proven again and again that whole milk actually satiates. Whole milk is not a health issue, and skim milk is actually no better for you. Whole milk satiates the the stomach. Uh, It's bad carbs that are really the kids' biggest problem. But facts don't matter. Same thing for Bill de Blasio. He's taking meat out of schools because he believes he should be in charge. Again, he's a food police. I talk about this a lot in my book, Food Fear. I do encourage you to pick it up. It's available on uh, on uh, my website, DamianMason.com. You can order it there. It's also got an audio version and it's got an ebook version. But anyway, back to the subject here. Why I see meat being the big flashpoint in 2020. When you've got the Hollywood crowd... Now, I don't listen to them, but we obviously have a lot of people that do. There's a reason Kim Kardashian makes all the money she makes. She's never had an actual job, but she is a social media influencer, and she has a brand, and she has a following. So Kim Kardashian tells people what to do, and they listen. Now, whether she's part of the vegan crowd or not, I don't even know, but the Hollywood Golden Globes going vegan was a big statement by this organization, and it's going to have an impact. You've got the political angle. So when Hollywood and politics line up, as they oftentimes do, to push an agenda, it's going to be continue to move the needle. Enter Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish girl that doesn't go to school, yet somehow is known as a scientific authority, uh, the one that voted over here to the United States of America. And I get people that ma- they're mad at me. They think, oh, you're, you're bashing on this poor little girl. I'm like, I'm not bashing on this poor little girl. I'm pointing out that we've got this war- worship of this 16-year-old girl by a certain faction of our society when she says we should all be vegan or we should all do this, we should all do that. We should shut down electricity. We shouldn't fly on airplanes. So flight shaming is the big thing now that she's pushing in Europe. It's actually having an impact. Well, what do you think this happens next? Meat shaming. So I see a time here in the means right now that we're going to go into meat shaming, that you should go meatless Monday if you care about the earth. Now, none of this is actually very founded. The, uh, the, uh, the whole point about beef production, you know, we, we see these wackos that come up with statements that beef production is responsible for 66% of all the greenhouse gas emission on earth and all this kind of thing, which is not even close to true. We also know that ruminants, you know, beef, sheep, goats, they can take cellulose cellulosic fiber and turn it into protein that's digestible for humans. So we can talk about that. Also, converting lands to grasslands for grazing is very good for the environment. In fact, it's, uh, it's the best thing for carbon sequestration. But those are all facts, and they don't work in an emotionally charged argument. And that's where I'm telling you, 2020, I think the big flashpoint is going to be about meat and environmentalism. I've always known it was about environmentalism. I've talked about this with my audiences at great length. So I think when we look forward, though, it's going to be more than just uh, environmentalism and, and agriculture and, and, and tractors and tillage, it's going to be really squarely lined up. The, the rifle sights, the crosshairs are on meat. 
Enter. What else we got going on? So we got Greta and that whole movement. And we've got uh, her going to the United Nations. The United Nations actually came out, and this was in conjunction with, because the United Nations is, is pretty much an activist organization. They're about transferring wealth and about instituting controls. Does that sound like an organization that you would pay money, as the United States does, to uh, be in charge of something? United Nations, uh, Food and Agriculture Organization, is one part of it, but they have another part all fully invested in climate change. So if your job is to every day get paid by the United Nations on the division on climate change, you, of course, are going to push your agenda. That has happened. And at uh, great length, I, uh, I know that the United, States, United Nations Climate Change um, uh, Organization has talked about meat consumption, and it's time for affluent countries to cut back on meat consumption. Now, these are recommendations at this point. But how long until it becomes not just a recommendation, but a recommendation for regulation? How much meat you're allowed to have because of climate change? The Golden Globes... The 60 Minutes, the Greta Thunberg, I see this all coming together. And I believe that in 2020, our biggest thing that we we kind of saw it. Yeah, we knew about Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger. Ladies and gentlemen of agriculture, we, I'm not opposed to meat re- plant-based protein by any means. It's still an agricultural product. They use peas and turnips and whatever else, soybean products to make these things. That's all fine. What I don't like is the push for control, the push to control choice, all predicated on I know better, I care more. The environment depends on me restricting what you're allowed to eat. So that's where I think this thing is headed. I would not be surprised if we see another couple of award shows that follow suit. You know, we've got the Oscars and we've got the, uh, the Tonys and the SAG Awards and all these other ones that are coming up. Well, there will be pressure on them to follow suit and do as the Golden Globes did, which means to have a vegan diet, to have a vegan menu. And you're saying, well, Damien, what do we care? Well, we care because a lot of Americans will follow suit. If Jodie Foster or Beyonce or Kim Kardashian or name any celebrity, any person that acted in the movie 1917 um, uh, comes out, and talks about the evils of meat. You and I both know it's ridiculous and it's not true. And the average actor or actress has a not even finished high school, never taken a high school science class. It's hard to learn anything about science when you're just concentrating on drama and theater when you're 16 years old and you drop out to become an actor. But the point is, other Americans listen to this. So I think the argument is framed, and I think that this is going to be a really big uh, issue for agriculture. So what do we do? You're probably saying, all right, Damien, you know, you're always talking about the doom and gloom. I'm not giving you doom and gloom. I'm just telling you this is going to be a bigger thing than you think. The meat, the meat control, the controlled choice, the push for legislation, I thought it was going to be a few years away. I believe it's going to happen in 2020. I believe you're going to see more and more of this. Michael Bloomberg is running for president. He was a food police himself. He's the one that said when he was mayor of New York City, he instituted controls on the amount of soda pop you're allowed to have. You can only have 16 ounces. So you see certain things lining up. You've got uh, uh, some uh, people on the uh, on the Democratic ticket that very much would align with the Golden Globes and the Hollywood crowd in terms of they want to be controlled, they want to be in charge of what food choice you're allowed to have, and they'll use climate change as the reason. Um, This all flies in the face of what's happening globally. Globally, our population has doubled in the last 50 years, but meat consumption has five times itself. Did you hear what I just said? Globally, since 1960, we've gone up 
in the 1960s, we've increased our population by double. We've increased meat consumption by five times, which means we're eating a hell of a lot more meat globally than we ever did per person. Why? Because people live better. When they live better, they want to eat more meat. That's not what's happening in affluent places like Western Europe, where Greta Thunberg says we need to change our diets because the polar bears are dying, which isn't really true. Uh, Then next thing you know, there's this push to restrict and move into a plant-based diet. It's interesting. Nobody's actually pulled out the uh, issue of what is the environmental impact of producing plant-based scallops. Let's see. We have to create some kind of protein. We have to figure out some kind of a fish substitute, fish flavoring to make them taste like scallops. How do we do all that? Where does this stuff get trucked around to? Does, Does it go to a factory where they press it into those little pieces to look like scallops? Sounds like a big industrial agricultural food operation to me. What's the environmental impact? Those are questions of logic, not emotion. So I think this is going to be a big deal. And you're saying, all right, Damien, what do we do about it? Well, first off, again, plant-based protein is still an ag product. I'm not against it. Again, my biggest concern is when it starts to be this issue of we know what's better. We know what's good. We know what's good for the earth. This is all about us protecting the earth. Therefore, we're restricting what you can produce, what you can eat, what you can buy, what you can shop for. That's the concern. What should we do? Real simple. All those celebrities that want to pat themselves on the back for being more morally righteous than you and I for attending the Golden Globes, which has gone vegan, they're going to be pulling in limos, right? Those limousines, are they, are they uh, pedal operated? Are they, are they human powered? Oh, no. They're powered with great big old engines that have, uh, have to haul around those great big old black limousines. What about those, those wardrobes that we're all talking about on the red carpet? Uh, yeah, those fancy clothes. Let's see. They're all made out of uh, generally human-made fibers, right? Uh, polyester, rayon, uh, those sorts of things. Not naturally occurring substance, which are made out of petrochemicals. What happens after you wear that expensive dress? Oh, you're going to wear it again tomorrow, the next day, the next day? Absolutely not. It's, a, it's about a one-wear application because, after all, that's the whole fun of it. So it gets thrown away. Where does that go? It ends up in a landfill. So the fashion industry is very hard on the environment. The celebrity industry is very hard on the, on the environment. These people are going to hop on their private jets in two days and fly off to another location to film a movie. Is that good for the environment? Oh, no, but I, I proved that I cared because I ate vegan scallops at the dinner. We as an industry should point this hypocrisy out. Food hypocrisy Food hypocrisy is what we should be beating the drum of, not the usual crap that we do in agriculture. We say, well, you know, beef's good for you. No, no, no. That argument doesn't work. They don't even care. Again, let's go with what actually is the punch to the gut. Hey, great, celebrity. You're so concerned about the environment, Leonardo DiCaprio, that you flew a private jet that could hold 12 people off to some distant land so your, so your family could be on vacation or so you could film a movie or so you could lay out in the sun or go and take yoga on a beach. What about the limousines? What about the attire? All that wardrobe. Then there's what about the movie sets? Well, that's a lot of production, a lot of earth-unfriendly production. Gosh, I've been on movie sets because I've filmed two movies. Plastic bottles of water everywhere. Hmm, cars, trucks. Hmm. All for a fairly unnecessary industry, really. It's just entertainment. Then here's the big picture. What about the streaming services? I just put this on social media the other day. You know that streaming, which is increasing at God ungodly amounts of, of uh, percentage every week, more and more movie streaming, video streaming, all those movies that these people in Hollywood make, 
stream. Streaming requires a tremendous amount of electricity. You have to cool down all of those servers, all those computers that get hot, all those computers that take up massive buildings. Oh, wait a minute. In fact, the article in the CBC out of Canada said that it turns out streaming all this video content that Hollywood produces all over the earth probably is using and having a greater carbon footprint than the entire global airline industry. Oh, wow. But, 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 but I'm not eating cheese at the Golden Globes. I'm not having meat. I'm eating a vegan menu. Okay, great for you. But let's talk about the reality. Your industry is hard on our environment. Your choices are hard on our environment. You're a Hollywood hypocrite. That's what the business of agriculture should point out. Moving forward in the year 2020, as I told you, I like to spend a lot of time thinking and reading and looking over stuff. And my big conclusion is this stuff is coming a little faster than I thought. It's going to heat up. We're going to have the meat, the meat shaming, which is already happening, is going to happen at an even greater, with an even greater intensity and occurrence than we thought, than I thought it was. You're going to see more and more and more of it. It starts now. The Golden Globes is going to start with the 60 Minutes piece. It's going to be about safety. They're going to continue to push the angle because we already had this article before. Did you see it? week and a half ago, I put it on social media two weeks ago, about line speeds at butcher plants. And they grabbed two people from the USDA meat inspection department who said that our meat safety would be compromised. So when you start pushing the safety thing, and then you push the health thing, and then the big one, of course, is it's going to be about global climate change. So climate change, climate change, climate change. I'm saving the world by going vegan. You should too. You are an evil person. You're a climate change denier if you don't switch to a vegan lifestyle. That's going to be the push. It's going to happen more in 2020. Eddie, a year from now, if I'm wrong, I want you to come and look me up, but I don't think I'm going to be. The fervor with which this food fight is moving ahead. The fervor with which this food fight is being fought is uh, actually surprising even to me because I predicted it, but I didn't think it would be happening with such intensity so quickly. I thought we had a couple of years of sort of uh, pushing one another around before it came to a full-blown punch. Uh, It doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm Damian Mason. I really appreciate you joining me here on this, the first uh, first episode back of the year 2020. doesn't matter when you're listening to this, but uh, I am glad you're joining me. Please do so again. Until next time, it's the business of agriculture.